we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. This is a miracle. There is no question that there are problems in this country between police and community. Yes, you are a donkey. The latest on that police killing of a black man. Now to new developments in the deadly spa shooting rampage. Uh, and yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. And so we are in a state of emergency. Okay, white supremacist violence is and always has been the number one threat to our society. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. My wife is white. The Breakfast Club, bitches. All right, Charlene, please tell me, why was I your donkey of the day? Well, donkey of the day goes to the 14 Republican lawmakers who voted against making Juneteenth a national holiday. Where do I even begin with this? Uh, First of all, let me give you their names. Andy Biggs of Arizona, Mo Brooks of Alabama, Andrew Clyde of Georgia, Scott DeZarles of Tennessee, Paul Gosser of Arizona, Ronnie Jackson of Texas, Doug LaMoffle of California, Thomas Massey of Kentucky, Tom McLintock, no, Tom McLintock of California, Ralph Norman of South Carolina, Mike Rogers of Alabama, Matt Rosendale of Montana, Chip Roy of Texas, and a man with two first names, Tom Tiffany of Wisconsin. That's a great name if you're gender fluid. Tom Tiffany. I can taste all the mayonnaise in my mouth right now. Ugh, so much sodium. Too much goddamn mayonnaise. But all those individuals voted against making June Juneteenth uh, a U.S. federal holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. Now, they don't matter because the House overwhelmingly passed the bill and it has been signed into law by President Joe Biden. Let's go to ABC 7 NY for the report, please. President Biden making it official. For the first time since 1983, there's a new federal holiday on the calendar. Juneteenth has been known by many names. Jubilee Day, Freedom Day, Liberation Day, Emancipation Day, and today... A national holiday. Juneteenth marks the date that the last enslaved African-Americans were granted their freedom. This is a day of profound, in my view, profound weight and profound power. A day in which we remember the moral stain, the terrible toll that slavery took on the country and continues to take. 
Now, why am I giving these 14 Republicans who voted against making uh, Juneteenth a national holiday donkey of the day? It's because I think it's very important to highlight these individuals because it shows you that white supremacy, racism, never take a day off. They are always actively fighting against us, okay? They are so against any type of black progress that they wouldn't even vote to give themselves an extra day off. Do you know how racist you have to be to not want an extra day off? You shouldn't let your prejudices and biases stop you from practicing self-care. We all know vacation days are a form of self-care. So why would you stop yourself from getting an extra vacation day, from getting the time off you deserve? I'll tell you why. Because these people are committed to make sure to making sure your black ass don't get nothing. OK, I tell folks don't practice bad habits. And that's what these 14 Republican lawmakers did. They're not practicing bad habits. They used to voting against black people and black issues. They not going to start voting for us now. Okay, I bet you would vote to make National Mayonnaise Day a federal holiday, though. Okay, you human jaws of Hellman's are tired of sharing National Mayonnaise Day with Cinco de Mayo, aren't you? Oh, that's a snapple fact. You didn't know National Mayonnaise Day is on the 5th of May. So when you see certain white people out celebrating on Cinco de Mayo and they got mayonnaise on their tacos, now you know why. Okay, I bet you would vote to make National Mayonnaise Day a federal holiday as long as they move it from May 5th because you don't want the Mexicans to have any joy either. But let's focus. Why did the 14 Republican lawmakers vote against Juneteenth? I mean, we can all assume the real reasons, right? Racism, bigotry, prejudice, the usual. But let's humor them and listen to some of their reasoning. This is Andy Biggs of Arizona explaining why he voted against it. The Democrats have labeled it Juneteenth National Independence Day. And what it is really is the uh, it's Emancipation Day. Uh, they could have made this a really harmonious, celebratory uh, bill because I think everybody would have passed this thing out unanimously if they would have taken it through committee and they would have changed the name to Juneteenth National Emancipation Day. But they've weaponized this bill like, like they weaponize everything else. They want to divide. And that's just a shame because I support the celebration of Juneteenth. The name. You agree with what the bill is about, the emancipation of the slaves, but since you disagree with the name, you're voting against it. I will never understand how people who don't have lips can give so much lip service. I mean, Andy, you sat there and said you agree with the, you know, emancipation of the slaves. You agree this moment should be commemorated, but you don't agree with the name. If you don't like black people, just say it, bro. Chip Roy of Texas released a statement. I have a transcript of it, and he said, This name needlessly divided our nation on a matter that should instead bring us together by creating a separate Independence Day based on the color of one's skin. Chip, listen to me. America is a melting pot. It is so many ethnicities in this country that all make this country what it is. So the day the slaves were emancipated should be a great day for all Americans. Okay, the emancipation of slaves should be celebrated simply because this country promises freedom, liberty, and justice for all. You can't have that if you have a group of Americans, and I put Americans in air quotes, in bondage. Okay, not to mention this country has plenty of cultural holidays and heritage celebrations. If Juneteenth is considered an ethnic holiday, so what? Okay, let us descendants of the enslaved celebrate, and y'all just enjoy the day off. If you want to be mad on your day off and post why Juneteenth shouldn't be a national holiday, fine. But at least enjoy the day off. Hell, we do it all the time. White man's holidays happen. We get the day off. We get on social media and and remind y'all, you know, in the words of Frederick Douglass, what to the slave is the 4th of July? Hey, we not enslaved anymore unless you're in prison. But I think we all know what that what Frederick Douglass said then still stands true now because it's uh, hypocritical for a nation to celebrate its independence, its freedom, yet doesn't bestow all those same freedoms to everybody. Okay, we know this, all right? We know 4th of July, not about us, but we still take the day off and go to a great cookout. Okay, the real story behind Thanksgiving is dark as hell. America loves Thanksgiving parades, food, but that's through the lens of a colonizer. Ask a Native American their perspective. Its origins were murder. Okay, a massacre that killed hundreds of Native Americans. And to them, Thanksgiving is just a reminder of said murder and the systemic racism and oppression that Native Americans still go through in this country. But guess what? They still take the day off. Okay, if we have learned to live with holidays we don't like in this country, so can y'all. Okay, I, I, I know the problem, though. I know the problem. See, the reason these 14 Republicans don't want the day off, because what do we do on these days off, on these holidays? We eat. If these 14 Republicans who voted against Juneteenth family knew how to properly season their food, mm. they would want this day off. If your family put raisins in their potato salad, you too would try to limit the number of cookouts you have to attend in a year. 
Please let Kathy Griffin give the 14 Republican lawmakers who voted against Juneteenth the biggest hee-haw. Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. If my family, All right. if my family didn't wash my uh, wash our chicken, I wouldn't want the day off either to go to a cookout. Mm. The Breakfast Club. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power 105.1 The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests joining us today. Yes, indeed. We have uh, Cheryl McKissack, Daniel, and Don Peebles. Welcome. Hello, nice Hello. to be back. You Welcome know, back. Yes, you know, Cheryl is the president and CEO of McKissick and McKissick. McKissick yes. And Don is the founder, chairman, and CEO of the Peebles Corporation. Mm-hmm. Let me tell y'all something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's been a lot of rappers in this room, mm-hmm. a lot of athletes in this room. Okay. This might be the most money been in this room at one time. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. 
It's a fact. It's just a fact. Might be the most money that's been in this room at one time. Just want to say that. How are y'all today? We are great. Okay. Glad to be here. Glad that you uh, are having us in to talk about Affirmation Tower. That's right. And I, I know you said y'all wanted to be the most inclusive skyscraper in New York City. What, what does that mean? Yeah, break that down because they came in here bullying me first just because I went to Hampton University. By the way. <laughs> they came in here bullying, talking all this Howard stuff. But explain what that, that project is about and that inclusive skyscraper. Listen, it was last year when CBRE, a, a large uh, brokerage firm, came to me and they said, Listen, this is up for grabs. And the only person that we think can develop this is Don Peoples. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Don's a friend. He was already looking at this project. And so, you know, if the best and the brightest of this country feel that way, then we certainly know we can do this. And I'm going to let Don explain the project. Well, great. I mean, look, Cheryl and I have been friends since she and her sister were freshmen at Howard. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Lord. Y'all got some stories. <laughs> and and I was in the real estate, beginning of going to the real estate business, and Cheryl's uh, family has a long history in it, and Cheryl's done an amazing job in building her business here in New York and other parts of the country. And so when the opportunity to come uh, build a building across the street from the Javits Center um, one of the major attractions in New York City, mm -hmm. I thought, what better place than to build what will be, unfortunately, the first skyscraper in New York City built by black people. Wow. And That's crazy. And I'm, crazy. I, I, it's mind-boggling. 2022. Well, I'm sure black people built some, but it wasn't no black people actually behind it on the financial level. That's exactly yeah. right. That black people worked on it, yeah. but they, and not enough, by the way, because the construction um, industry has been discriminating over the years as well in terms of the high paying jobs that are generated by them, but that's changing. So I thought that, you know, we ought to build, this building should be built um, by black developers. And so I thought about this as also, we want to send a message that we all work together. And so uh, I called Cheryl first and uh, said, look, you know, one, I want you and your con company as a construction company to build this building. Mm -hmm. But also I want you to be a developer and a partner with us in that. So she came in. Craig Livingston, who's been a trailblazer in terms of economic empowerment for black real estate professionals and entrepreneurs, we brought him on um, as a developer as well and put together a team that's 80% black owned. And, uh, and then when we were um, designing it, I thought we want an architect that's gonna make a powerful statement. So we picked David Adjay, who I've worked with before and who was the architect for the Museum for African American History and Culture in Washington, D.C., which wow. is the most visited museum in the whole Smithsonian system since the day it opened. And then we committed to 35% minority contracting at a minimum threshold to build that building. And uh, then, you know, when we were designing the building, um, it was gonna be super tall, but then I said, why not build the tallest building? Let's build the tallest building in the Western hemisphere. Wow. Built, first building to be built by black people in New York City in terms of financially, and let's make it the tallest one in the Western Hemisphere. And so that's what we started doing. How much will this building cost to make and how long will it take? <laughs> $3.6 billion. Okay. Um, Pocket uh, change. Pocket <laughs> change. <laughs> it's some work, but we're going to get it done. And it will be one of the biggest projects built in New York City. And it meets two moments. So right now we're coming out of COVID. So America and New York has got to build back, but we got to do it differently. We got to be inclusive because that's the other moment. I mean, these protests that we've had around the country um, over the last two years, um, especially last year, was about fighting for equal treatment under the law for black people, mm -hmm. but also for us to have our seat at the table economically. Is, is it residential or is it gonna be? Commercial, commercial office, space? two hotels. So starting in the podium, it'll have a cultural center that the NAACP is putting together and then offices for the NAACP. And then last week, Reverend Sharpton and I made an agreement that uh, we're going to bring the Civil Rights Museum there as well. So that'll be on the lower levels of the building. Um, and then we'll have some restaurant and other space on the top of the what's the podium, the bigger part. And then as we go up the tower, two hotels and then offices. And then up top, three levels of event and venue space, a observation deck. And to put the icing on the cake, we are putting an ice skating ring on top. On top uh, of the building. On top of the building, 1,600 feet up in the air. Everything is intentional, so the name, the Affirmation Tower, what is the meaning behind the name? We're affirming that we're meeting those two points in time. Mm. Um, when you look at the tower, 
it looks like it's upside down. Mm. And that's another message. We are turning things upside down. We want to open up this system to people like ours. Because mm-hmm. as you know, when black people are owners, it creates an ecosystem where we help people all along the line. So how long do you think it's going to take to actually complete this project? It'll take us, a, when we start construction, about three years. Okay. And before that, it'll take about a year and a half of design. So we're about five years out from this. How difficult was it to get this project? Um, well, I mean, that's another and story. we're still fighting for it. <laughs> we I fighting. mean, we are fighting for it now. It's very difficult, but I, I mean, I expect it to be difficult. I mean, but we're knocking down barriers each day. And in reality, Dr. King, you know, Mecca Everts, John Lewis, it was hard for them, too. And we're doing it in other cities. Mm-hmm. We just won a huge project in Boston. Yep. Last week we got uh, Boston. I'm yep. sorry, Boston. That was the hardest fight. With a Republican governor. Yeah, wow. Actually, it was easier. <laughs> really? Because, so give you a sense. So, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a big, I'm a Democrat, lifelong Democrat, but I'm like what Henry Kissinger said about America. He said America has no permanent friends, no permanent enemies, just permanent, permanent interests. interests. Black people, we got to have no permanent friends, no permanent enemies, permanent interests. So the governor, Charlie Baker, in Boston decided that he saw the unfairness in the system. So what he did is every project that he's doing in that state, 25 points out of 100 is for equity for people of color. Mm. I always ask this question, and I don't even know if you can have one without the other, but what's more important, economic equity or equality? Oh, wow. That's a really good question, but (laughs) I would say the economics are very important Mm -hmm. because then that's going to help create the equality. In my opinion, Don always says this about venture capitalists and there's 69 trillion dollars of money out there that's been invested, but only 1.3 percent of it has been invested by black firms. Hmm. Um, So we are so upside down on the economic ladder that we just have to do something about that. If we can have access to economic opportunity, we can solve our own problem. Mm-hmm. We can deal with our own communities. But you keep blocking us from economic opportunity, then we're going to continue to struggle. So we can do it for ourselves, then we can expand our community and take care of our own issues. And we can support our own organizations. And they need to stop looking at us. I said this yesterday to a group of white business people. You all need to stop looking at doing business with black people and philanthropic. It's good That's business right. for you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we have more with Cheryl McKissick, Daniel, and Don Peebles. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Cheryl McKissick, Daniel, and Don Peebles. We got to go back to the origin story, because when I hear... You know, y'all knew each other as freshmen at Howard University. That's like some outliers, divine alignment type stuff. Like, did y'all both know that's what y'all wanted to do in the future? I mean, are you, of course, well, your family when was I, already When I it. met Don, Don had bought his first apartment in D.C. As and a freshman I said, at Howard? Well, I was a freshman. She was a freshman, and I was, was uh, two years, I think I'm two years older than right. you. Right. So he was in a college, junior. and he had bought an apartment. And I remember my twin sister and I saying to each other, well, who does that? That's who what buys I apartments know. when you're in college? Yeah. And Don said then, he said, I'm going to do transformational development. My sister and I, we always knew we were going to be in the family business. Absolutely. I mean, we're fifth generation. We always knew that. But then over the years, Don was in D.C., Philadelphia. And we kept saying, we're going to work together. At some point, we are definitely going to work together. But it just has to be the right, the right project. project. So we know McKissick is fifth generation. Is people's first generation? First generation. Yep. Wow. Where you get the money to buy the apartment done? If you don't want to tell us. I started working. I quit college um, after my freshman year and started working in real estate. And, mm-hmm. I, and frankly, I mean, it was a black government. It was a black mayor and they were focused on economic empowerment for black people. So mm-hmm. I felt it was a good place to start doing business. And so I got exposed to real estate because my mother was a real estate sales agent and a broker. And so I learned from her. I started my own company when I was 23. Wow. And uh, built my first building when I was 26. But I couldn't have done it anywhere else. D.C. at that time was a mecca for black economic empowerment. It was Atlanta and D.C. Marion Barry. Yeah. 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 And Marion Barry, for all his faults, uh, you know, he was, you know. He just liked to have a good time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At his memorial service, Minister Farrakhan mentioned that uh, about his history of everything that, you know, he's been criticized for having a drug abuse problem. And he said, who are you talking about, John Kennedy? Because it wasn't just <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, Barry was transformative, and the government at that time was, and they knocked down opportunities, uh, barriers to opportunities for black business people. Um, Bob Johnson got a start in D.C. Um, I got mine. Many other black business people did. But I met Cheryl and her sister. They were um, freshmen in college, and her cousin was a good friend of mine. And so we became friends and uh, we both had kind of common interests. They were going into the family business. I was building mine. And uh, and so my son's in our business now. He's 27 and my daughter's 19. And 
at TCU, and I'm hopeful that she will go into the business as well and we can build some legacy. But part of the legacy I want to build is demonstrating how we can work together. Mm-hmm. Because I may not be able to do a $3.6 billion building by myself. Cheryl may not be able to, Craig, but collectively we can. Mm-hmm. But, Don, you didn't need us. Right, I mean, financially, <laughs> but I needed you all in every other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you all bring tremendous um, resources to the table. I know people are watching this man, and they want- so good, man. Hold on, I got some more questions. No, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, this just feels so good, man. I, I know Goodness people gracious. are watching this and they, they want to know how, though. Like, it's, you know, it's easy to say, I bought my first building, but, but how? Where did the capital come from? Like, where, do, where does one start? Well, I think the first thing is that with a dream. I mean, developers are dreamers. Um, we're visionaries. And so with a dream and with a plan and becoming a student of the business, and I mean, be, you can be self-taught, read some books, learn about the business. It's not a complicated business, by the way, supply and demand. So understanding the business, having a dream, and having a dream to be achievable, but you know, pushing, and then um, finding an idea. Once you find an idea, then you can raise money for it. Now. Um, what Cheryl touched on, if you're black, don't expect it to be easy. Um, the Federal Reserve did a study last year. There's $69 trillion invested in private equity and venture capital. And that's normally go, that's where real estate developers get equity for their project from private equity. But there's $69 trillion invested in uh, private equity in the United States. And out of that 1.3% of it goes to businesses owned or founded or projects found, or st- or worked on by blacks or women combined. So white men get 98.7% of all venture capital and private equity money. So the challenge is equity. But if you can, you can raise the money, friends and family and so on, and then build your building or buy a property and renovate it. And then do what I did is I rolled all my money back in. So the first project that we did was $10 million. Back you didn't in start there. Didn't you started with a, 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 with a an single, apartment, a, a single, apartment, a single <laughs> yeah, house. Right. And I think that's the question. Like you started yeah. from a single right. apartment. Yeah, but that, a, right. But then after that, that I started a consulting and appraisal business, and that's how I earned a living and began to accumulate some money to save. Mm-hmm. And then with that money, I found an opportunity to build an office building. But if you have a dream mm-hmm. and you're willing to do some work, you can make money in the real estate business. You know, we talk about the, the, the racial you know, wealth gap in America a lot. Do you think that actually can be closed in this generation? I don't think it can be closed. Mm-hmm. I think we can make some progress, but we won't do it the way it is right now. And one of your former guests is a man I've known a long time and currently president. And I remember his comment about if you could make up your mind between him and Trump, you're not you black. black. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, <laughs> no permanent friends, no permanent enemies, permanent interests. But he would be at uh, right now in the Delaware um, waterfront on the porch of his house. Um, If it wasn't for black people, people. (laughs) it's time to pay up. Mm -hmm. And I mean, pay up in other ways by giving us access to economic opportunity. And that's when we close the wealth gap. Mm -hmm. A place like Boston, according to the Federal Reserve, the average household net worth of a white family in Boston is $247,000. The average household net worth of a black family is $8. $8. That is an insurmountable wealth disparity without affirmative, aggressive effort. $8? $8. Oh, we $8 to $247,000. And so you can't solve that by taking baby steps. Uh, frankly, we can't let these liberal Democrats m- continue to try to make us comfortable That's right. being poor. So we're going to have to demand aggressive steps economically not window dressing, not hiring a few black people here and there. And by the way, the other thing, when black people get in a position of power, they got to help each other. Absolutely. We cannot get into these positions and sit in them and then just kind of keep the status quo. So then they can say, see there, we got a black person in here. So we're not racist. We're not doing anything (laughs) because we can't find any qualified black people. Mm -hmm. Because if we could, the brother over here or the sister over here would be doing it. And they're not. And that's one of the reasons why my company has focused on this issue and I, I would dare to say that I am the most outspoken advocate for equal opportunity and fair treatment for black people in business and finance. And that, and also that we got to do it aggressively. We cannot just sit back here anymore. What do you what do you what does reparations look like for you? I think that what's realistic for us is that the entire system of how our government does business 
changes and is reflective of population demographics. So if you're in a city that's 50% black, 50% of the government contracts go to black businesses. If you're a business like, you know, Goldman Sachs or whatever, and you are taking institutional capital as an investment advisor, then you've got to deploy that reflective of the population demographic. So if you're running a national business, black people are 13% of the population, 13% of the loans have to be made to black businesses and black people on the same terms that you make them to the white firms. So if we could do that, just a fairness. I mean, we would make great progress, but what has happened here is that the impediments to our uh, to us having fair opportunity are compounded by these obstacles and these injustices economically. Well, Brother Don, I can't buy no building with fairness. I need some capital. Right. You know what I mean? So don't you feel like America owes us something tangible? Yes. Like Sounds some, good to me. Yeah. yeah. But I think America <laughs> owes us something tangible yes. by giving us capital. Look, I think there should be some place where there's like a pool of capital that goes to black people. Mm-hmm. And the sort black of like people. the PPP loans, right. yeah, but not loans. This should be no, and and if you and if you execute, right. yes. no, and if you execute, then you don't pay it back. Exactly. Right. But I think we also have to say, okay, what about property? That has to be adjusted. The repar- cash cash reparations or returning of property needs to take place. All right. When we come back, we have more with Cheryl McKissick, Daniel, and Don People. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with the season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. 
And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Cheryl McKissick, Daniel, and Don Peebles. Charlamagne? How difficult is it navigating the construction industry and the real estate industry as a black person? It's hard knocks. It has been well, black woman. I mean, that's even harder, right? Even harder. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Don talked about black females starting the the most businesses. However, we're still only two percent of the businesses in New York City. And so, how was I able to build a business in New York? It was really pushing prime opportunities, not where I was a sub consultant, you know, working under the umbrella of a large firm. No, I had to be the lead person. Whether that was a $2 million project that turned into a $5 million project or a $10 million project. But that was all a fight Mm -hmm. because there are no laws out there for that. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to create relationships and, you know, convince people to give you this shot. And that's coming from a fifth generation company. So I can imagine. Oh, yeah. 230 years. Wow. And we're still having to prove who we are and still not getting the access that we should get. Politically, do you know, do these politicians come to y'all, of course, to make donations and stuff? And, and if so, does that give y'all some type of power when it comes to them? Are y'all, able to, up. Yeah, you get are to, y'all able to demand things from yeah. them? So I've been involved in politics my entire career. I was on Obama's uh, National Finance Committee for both of his elections, Bill Clinton's as well. Wow. What I learned over the years is that you can have some access to some people, but even there, we get discriminated against. We're big supporters of many different politicians, but they will be willing to jump over backwards to help a white business person who is, you know, at a high level. And but when it comes to us, they'll decide when they're going to treat us fairly and mm-hmm. when they're not, mm-hmm. and that the money's not as impactful. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a subtlety, and I don't know if I'm explaining it right, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying that is that our money yeah. isn't as good as the other people's money when it comes to many politicians. Even if you have the same amount of money? Even oh, yeah. if, even if yeah. financially y'all on equal footing? Yep. They'll tell us so, there's right. a wall between policy and making decisions as a government leader wow. and uh, your money. And I and yeah. so what I've done and that and so that so fundraising and contributing money is kind of the carrot. So I said, okay, the carrot doesn't work. I'll use a stick. So a couple of <laughs> times that these people have crossed me and treated me unfairly, I form a political action committee and I run an independent campaign against them. Ooh. And because mm-hmm. I figure if I got some money, I need to use it at least to level the playing field for for what I'm trying to do. That's right. And so I'm not going to take it on the chin. And that's the other thing is that they think that they can screw us over and get away with it. So I try to send a message, no, there's some some repercussions if you treat us unfairly. You think we do ourselves a disservice by always voting Democrat, always being with one party, being so loyal to one party? Yes, I think so. I think we need to vote what policies are important to us. Mm -hmm. And get them to agree to some concrete things. So I chaired the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation Board, which is the think tank for the 50 some odd black members of Congress and does that legislative weekend in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So I chaired that last three years of Obama's um, administration and then going into Trump's first year. And I told the caucus members when Trump came in, I know him and he's transactional. Go meet with him with a list of things for black people because you all weren't elected to be Democrats. You were elected to advocate for black people, your constituents. Mm-hmm. So go with a list of what your constituents want and tell him you want this and ask him what does he want and see if there's a deal to be made. But you can't put the black agenda on hold for a four to eight years because right. you don't like the guy in the office. You got to play a <laughs> game right. of power. You got to constantly fight because our agenda can't wait. 
So we should do business with whoever we have to to get our program going forward. And then we can vote again later. The Democratic Party takes us for granted. That's right. And they have for a very long time. And frankly, we should be on the front steps of the White House telling Joe Biden, this isn't enough. It's great that you appointed a qualified woman to the Supreme Court, a black woman. All right. But here's what we need. Yeah, and still a he conservative owes, majority, 6'3", right, right, right. in the Supreme Court. <laughs> right. Expand the Supreme Court and add four Jacksons yeah. if you want to... If you want to really right. make an impact. Yeah. But also, he's responsible for the 1994 crime. Bill. That's right. And I tell him to his face. He's responsible for it. He's cleaned it up. And he has not addressed that yet. Mm-hmm. And he spoke passionately. And he was the floor leader in the Senate for Bill Clinton for the 1994 crime bill that led to the mass incarceration of black men and women. Mm-hmm. And and these mandatory sentences that destroyed lives. So he's got to clean that up. And he's got to mm-hmm. clean that up, not just with criminal justice reform, because that's only going to deal with what's going forward. But secondly, he's got to make right what he's done to our community and our people since 1994. Before the 90s. Yeah. Because, you know, the mandatory minimum sentencing and the crack laws, that was the 80s. 80s, you're right. Yeah. yeah. When, I, when I said that to him, I said, um, you know, it led to mass incarceration. He said, no, it didn't. It was the mandatory minimum in the 80s. I said, well, you wrote that too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that Who was easy to do business with? Is it Biden or was it Trump to do business with? I think Trump would, would be easier to do business with because there's no competing interest and he's a decisive person. I think that the Democratic president's have tried to make this rainbow constituency happy. So same thing about reparations and, a fr- and, and minority contracting. Mm-hmm. This country owes two classes of people a great debt. It owes Native Americans a great debt, and then it owes black people a debt, and it's time to pay that. And Biden could do that. Um, frankly, I was disappointed because I thought that um, President Obama should have done it. But Trump is transactional. Mm-hmm. So you can do business with him today and be against him tomorrow. He's going to understand that because he's wired that way. So we have to be focused on getting business done. And to this point in time, I can't think about what the president of the United States has done for black people. And he's been in office for a year. So how long do we have to wait for the man that we single handedly put into office? Right. I agree. Mm -hmm. And our agenda is always last, isn't it? Oh, yes. If at yes. all. Yep. Yes. Great conversation. Man, Sister Cheryl, Brother Don, I feel like I went to church and class. <laughs> we did. We did. Cheryl McKissack, Daniel, Don Peoples. I mean, that was class. Man. That was, class. That was a course. So what's the call to action? What Greg Carter wanted to charge us 5000 for that one, but yeah. go ahead. We need everyone to talk about Affirmation Tower. Okay. We need this to be a movement because this is going to change how we position ourselves. It's changing a paradigm for black people, not only in New York, but in our nation. And that's the call to action. They need to call the governor's office of New York mm-hmm. and say that they support it. They need to call their uh, their New York City resident or New York State resident. They need to call their elected officials and say that they support this project and they support what it stands for, which is economic opportunity for black businesses. Mm-hmm. And going forward, we got to hold anybody running for office that wants our support what are you going to do for us economically? That's right. What are you going, how are you going to write this scales of injustice that we are dealing with? And that's the call to action. Economic empowerment for our people will lead us to a much better place. Because we can, what did James Brown say? I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Open the door, I'll get it myself. That's right. Right? Well, that's what we want. Open the doors of opportunity. Let us do our thing. We right. have shown. I want both, Don. I want right. to open the door and I want something to be sitting on the table when I walk in. I agree with you. And it should be. By the way, our our ancestors paid for it and we got nothing for it they got nothing for it but extreme oppression and so this country owes us a debt the white house that biden is sleeping in was built by slaves that's right that's it well we appreciate you guys joining us thank you so much man and please anytime y'all want to pull up pull Pull up up. all right okay we will absolutely we will absolutely thank you club good morning the breakfast club your mornings will never be the same Leaving a child in a hot vehicle can lead to their death very quickly. Set cell phone reminders or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child is in the car. Look for your baby before you lock. Pay for it by NHTSA. Everybody, is DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Uh, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Listen, the positive note is simply this, man. Uh, I want you to remember this this weekend. The only limits you have are the limits you believe you have.
Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care and we'll see you there.